never get tired of hearing that theme song. As always, a big thank you to Nightlife for contributing that song to the podcast and also my radio show. Welcome back to the F Money Show podcast. I am your host, Fran Chismar. I'm really excited about today. It's a really big uh, big show today. It's my shot at redemption. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's my big shot at redemption. So I'll try not to ruin it this time. My co-host today... Actually, filling in that my my co-host today was supposed to be our fearless leader Ryan Smith from I ninety nine, and he had uh, something come up at the last minute. So Anthony Lemma, thank you hello, for hello, hello. I'm glad hey. to be here. I'll give myself a clap. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, thank you for uh, for being a part of us yeah, today. I really appreciate it. So Happy you to be here. So Anthony and I have met through uh, a group of music friends that I've talked about on the podcast before, but I think was at a, a winter. A free winter show a couple years ago was I, probably the first time we met. I think first time we met, I wasn't really aware of you, but I've met you through Jesse actually. Um, okay. A Daddy Lap show at the what was it? Underground Arts. Underground Arts. That's right. Actually, and our guest played that show too. That was a that was a pretty epic show actually. Oh, that was so, a lot of fun. <laughs> but. Uh, Anthony and I have this network of friends that have all met through a local radio station and through concerts, and we we were probably friends on Twitter way before we even met oh, when we're absolutely. talking. So that's kind of the way it goes. Um, so thank you for joining us. And you you've actually had your own college radio show, yes, haven't you? Uh, WVUD um, in Newark, Delaware, um, through the University of Delaware. Did it for about about two years or so. And it was a lot of fun. I mean, I got to play music that I loved, music that I wanted people to hear. I'll do B-sides. I'll do mainstream stuff. I'll just play, play whatever the hell I wanted. It was, Which is awesome. Oh, absolutely. It's nice having that leeway to kind of play. That's yeah. what I like about DJing for I-99 is even though it's alternative, I can pretty much play whatever I want. And I do, you know, to a point because you can't play whatever you want and then have people not care and not tune oh, absolutely. in. Absolutely. Yeah. But so, what was your favorite thing to play? I, I mean, I, I threw in a lot of Green Day. I'm a huge Green Day fan. I threw in ska music. I threw in '80s metal. I, I just, I really didn't have a favorite favorite. I just, okay. I think I have to go back through my playlists. I have my playlists on my computer still, and just a lot of '90s rock. Too. I don't. I was gonna say, I don't think I've ever asked you this. What's your favorite genre of music or era <sighs> in music? I think it's just like as as a whole just like rock and roll as a whole because my playlist will go from zeppelin to real big fish or i'll throw in now i'm blanking um <laughs> but yeah just like zeppelin to real big fish to save ferris then i'll do a lot of the 90s bands we love like the peppers and weezer for your age you consistently surprise me with your 90s music uh, <laughs> i don't know what it is knowledge <laughs> well my dad was a big it's a big classic rock fan i, okay. I grew up um in the backseat he had the local classic rock station on all the time and so i have a like i like i have a lot of respect and i love classic rock a lot so i just said the zeppelin the who the stones the big ones the right. beatles i i have a feeling our guest has uh a big respect for classic rock oh, too so absolutely. i think it's about yeah. time so the the last time we had this guest on the podcast it was a different podcast and i've mentioned before it was the last it, it killed the podcast, and it wasn't them; it was me. Don't it even was bring it up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> don't even say it. Was, it. <laughs> yeah. So please welcome uh, Kevin and Michael from Andorra. Hello. Thanks for having us. Oh, thank you for in studio clapping. Yeah. Thank, <laughs> thank you for being a part of the the <laughs> show. Thank you, you for coming back. Like yeah, seriously, like the last the last one, Janet and I were talking that when you guys just stopped talking, we realized it was bad, but we kind of had to like push Michael, through. How, how did you frame that? <laughs> 
<laughs> we walked out the door and you said that was it was equivalent to a Michael Scott yeah, breakdown. Yeah, kind of felt like an office episode. <laughs> so if yeah. we stop talking at some point, then you'll know what's going you on. You know it's bad. Like, again. But we, <laughs> we realized it and we're like, well, we're in the middle of it, so we kind of have to yeah. just, this was the plan. Just ride we'll, it out. <laughs> and then after you guys left, I was like, wow. Um, <laughs> you know, it's we didn't even know. Janet, Janet pretty much retired from the podcast at that point. Yeah. She goes, I don't know that I want to do this yeah. anymore. And so I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe I need to rework this. Yeah. Like, put it to bed for a little bit and and rethink it well it's a great platform for you know local people to come on and talk about it, music. so i'm glad you did bring it back it is and i think that's that's been our our focus um <clears throat> is every episode we're trying to keep it local i i feel very spoiled because i feel the music scene in philadelphia is phenomenal right now and whatever we can do to to bring those people to light outside of philadelphia is fantastic right. so that's our that's our whole purpose right yeah. now is is to do that so i'm waiting for one of you guys to finally like hit the big time <laughs> hit, hit the big time we'll so let you know <laughs> so it's i know uh i think tiny human mentioned to me they're about to tour they're they're getting ready to to hit the road so th- i thought that was exciting you yeah. know and, and civil has toured and jamie's uh gone places i think uh billy and dom were even saying they were trying to get some gigs up in boston so cool so that would be awesome. So since the last podcast, um, we did the podcast. It was probably well over a year ago, and it was shortly after your last album. So since yes. that, you've just recently released new music. So you have a new album. Right. So and the name of that album? Uh, we released a new album in October called Family Tree. Awesome. And what I like about it, I don't know if you heard any of the, the radio show last week, but my takeaway from it was... I think a lot of people think they know who Andorra is. And I think your influences really showed on this one. And the genres, to me, were all over the place. And it was I kind of felt, I, I didn't take away, oh, it's all over the place. I took away, it's, hey, this is who we fucking are. We're telling you right now, this yeah. is who we are. And we're showing you what we do. And, and this is it, which I loved. And actually, the day it came out, I just happened to see dr dave <laughs> yeah. and we talked about it and he was like i fucking love this album oh really like cool. he he he's like i've been i've been listening to it a lot yeah. so and dave's a big supporter of like all the local music scene i feel like i mean he's much older than a lot of us and i think that's great that people that are parents or grandfathers age <laughs> someone like him yeah i, I think i think it's great that like, yeah. all the music in general the Philly music scene in general you guys reach out to everybody yeah I think Dave is a good barometer too because he's he's been around for a while and he goes uh, does he really miss many of your shows at all he's usually at most of them and yeah and I'm happy to hear that he enjoyed the album because he's also like he doesn't hold back he'll tell you, know, he'll you he'll if tell he you doesn't like it yeah. <laughs> right so that's that's good to hear I've yeah. heard other things from him too uh-huh. but uh I'm glad the general takeaway was positive so. yeah he was he was really we were we were sitting with a dj from the local radio station and she was like oh i think i need to listen to this on the way home she goes this will be my listening nice and we're like yeah it should be yes. you should really this is important <laughs> important stuff so that was my takeaway is that was that your intention or did it just because I, I to me your writing styles changed since the last album yeah so i'm really glad you actually made that point because that was something we'd had kind of gone in thinking about um, was making an album that's really varied across the board. And you know, we had a point where we were in the writing session or recording session where it was like, hey, this song's really weird, but 
it's still us at the end of the day. So I'm glad it, it comes across as coherent, but really varied. It did come across as coherent to me. And it's, you know, I kind of got a little bit of that from what you wanted, what you got. But that was also two EPs also, because I kind of yeah. felt like the tail end of that album, you got a different vibe. But I'm like, well, it's it's two EPs and that could be it. And, right. You know, and it was unmistaken, unmistakably Andorra, but different styles. And I kind of feel that this was the next step, the progression of that with this album. Yeah, I agree. And there was a couple other things that kind of um, helped that. This record was the first album that we've ever uh, took on producing and engineering ourselves. I didn't know so that. So that definitely played a role in it. Michael kind of took on those responsibilities. Um, it's also the first album we really wrote together all the way yeah, through. With, so it, was it a group effort for, yeah. for writing? Okay. With What You Wanted, What You Got, about half the album was written before Dante and I were even in the band. Okay. So it was kind of like picking up where Kevin and Jordan had started. But with this one, we all started clean from the beginning. So okay. Dante and I had a lot more of a role in the songwriting process, which kind of changed the group dynamic too, which was a lot of fun because it's it was much more collaborative than we're used to. Yeah, and you even sing a song on this album. I do. They yeah, let me have a microphone. Them, we let them sing. It. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> awesome. Was that nerve wracking? Exciting? It was fun. Um, I was, mean, was that the plan from the get go, or was it something where your voice just kind of fit and they're like? It's a song that I wrote and brought to the band. Okay. Because um, usually Kevin writes the song first and then we build on it from there. But it's a song that I had started and brought to the group, and it awesome. seemed to fit our sound well enough that it could work for the record. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah. And it's something worth you know thinking about doing moving forward. Just different voice on the on the Andorra record and and. You know, I think for me, I think of my favorite bands and like Queens of the Stone Age had three singers at one point. Yeah. Uh, the Beatles had four singers at one point. So like it's trying to kind of build on that to not, you know, start slow, but then kind of, you know, build more on that. And it's still cohesive. And I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed Thank that you. song. So it's it was and it was unmistakable. I could pick it out. And I yeah. was like, oh, wow. Just as long out. as you don't like his songs more than my songs. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it. It could be like, you know, you mentioned the Beatles where people preferred Paul songs, people yeah. preferred John songs. If that opens up your market to more people who have different interests, why not? Yeah. And, and you know, it, it was like a, not even competition, but it was kind of like, oh, I need to kind of pick up the pace with the songs that I'm writing um, because Michael will just write another song and throw it in the mix. So not that that would be a bad thing, but it, it really just kind of helped move things on yeah. in a nice progression and i guess that could happen even as you progress from there it's it's as you bring more songs to the table or some you may even have something of yours that fit you know eh, that maybe that fits your vocals a little bit better yeah, than sure. mine or yeah absolutely i would like to see you two start writing for each other i'd like to see you yeah. write a song for michael to see how that oh, goes. Or like a yeah. like an officially recorded duet Ooh, both of us yeah, I was thinking about that the other day. Now, what's the writing process like? Did you enjoy writing in high school and throughout college? Did you, did you actually learn how to write a song? Because I guess for most average college students and average high school students, it's easy to bang out a five-page five-page essay about a topic that you love. Like, where did that love come from for writing music? Um, so I think for both of us, we started writing songs probably a little over ten years ago now when we were in grade school and it's I don't know it's just kind of a thing that we do 
Um, yeah, I mean, I find the harder that I think about it, the harder it is to write a song. Like the best ones come to me a bit uh, subconsciously. Okay. Um, as far as the group writing process goes, we'll start with the bones of a song, one of us will, and then we'll bring it to the group and say, here's a song we're working on. Mm-hmm. And then in a group rehearsal, we take the song, take it apart, figure out new sections, new transitions, ways that we can spice up the chord progression, and kind of build on it from there. Yeah. Usually Michael just like <laughs> rips it apart. Oh <laughs> my God. <laughs> yeah, so. Stuffs it back and then rips it apart again. And With this album especially, um, when we were doing our writing sessions, I would just get really fired up and I would just, my mind would be running at a mile a minute. and. I'd come up with all these crazy ideas and I'd be like, guys, wait, I have an idea. And everyone would roll their eyes and I'd be like, all right, <laughs> yeah. give me a minute and I'll explain and, it. And, and, you know, I had to kind of take, like, myself out of, like, the the song at some times and think, like, um, you know, this is actually for the, the better of the band and the okay. better of the song rather than just, like, keep my emotions intact with whatever I'm writing. Um, and, like, we clashed a lot and, you know, it, that was just a part of this process and um you know i look back now and think like well i'm glad that all of that happened because you know now we have a really awesome record that we're super proud of that people seem to like so um i'm happy that all of those you know road you know those roadmaps kind of got us there and that's important because i really feel like sometimes those bonding moments you know, I, I was just reading an article that's sports-related about the Sixers, and they were saying, you know, sometimes those bonding moments in the middle of the night better prepare you for that hard conversation you have to have with with a member or yourself right. with what's best for everyone. So it sounds like that's what you're able to do. Like, you were able to – like, it, I'm sure it's not always easy. Did it change in the studio, too? Like, did some of the songs as you were recording them, like, take on their own life? there too or did that more happen in the songwriting process so i think with the last album a lot of things started to get worked out as we were recording it and then when we were writing this batch of songs we were going in with that detailed oriented approach from the beginning okay so a lot of the major overhauls and stuff were done while we were writing the song and then by the time it came to record it we kind of knew what we wanted to do with it already i think there were maybe one or two songs where we were like ah well kind of figured out when we record it and it went okay from there and wasn't a huge issue did everything make the album were there songs that didn't make the cut that you held back on said they're not ready or we're not no we used everything okay so All when right. we started writing the album before we knew how we we're going to record or anything we said we were going to use eight songs eight songs only and then we added one more yeah <laughs> we, ha- we had one more and it was like all right well we can't cut any of these so yeah but awesome. there were songs that we had debated cutting but instead of cutting it we just sat down took it apart again reworked it until we were all happy with it awesome awesome yeah anthony i know you had a lot more insight on the album you were spending a little bit more time listening to it listened to it last night um it's it's a lot of different art styles Uh, track four um names escaping me but it's there's more of a funkiness 70s Groove to it. Everything I know it's moving. Everything is yeah, moving. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I like um, that, I like that. Um, I, a few of the songs you added, you had a decision to add horns and strings to it in the background. Were there actual horns and strings, or that was that done through, um, through computer magic? So there was one song where we used this uh, sample of strings and horns as like an ambient effect, right? Which was actually from another project I worked on where we recorded actual strings and horns. Cool. So it's like, why not use the 30-piece orchestra and, uh, in the background of a song yeah. if we have it? And, and fit. 
it's just in music in general like all out of all the big bands that we all do like for some reason i'm a fan of the orchestral and like just adding horns in the background for some reason it adds that certain ambience adds a certain i guess would nuance be a right word yeah you know i'm a fan of horns and it was funny because one of the things janet and i always clashed on where she hated any song with horns yeah that was my mission was to find a song with horns that she actually liked so no ska music no no (laughs) music sucks (laughs) oh no (laughs) but the 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 track for the the funky one and that kind of actually that, it's really it, funny that you guys call it the funky one because we do too. Yeah, <laughs> we it, really don't know about it. It kind of reminded <laughs> me of like yeah. pigeons playing ping pong, like that type of. And I didn't know if that like was something that Dante like brought away, like being on the road with them, or just something that you guys had I that you shared a love for. There was a point while we were working on that song because we were kind of going for a let's dance vibe from uh, David Bowie. Okay. And Dante wasn't sure what to play on a, on a part. And I think someone said, ah, well, what would pigeons play? And then kind of went from there. All right. Which I don't know if that's what pigeons would play at all, but <laughs> just kind of getting into a different mindset than just power chords on yeah. guitar. Right. <laughs> I really, that track stood out to me. Yeah. That, that track really, uh, to me, that one stood out, but then I kept going back to Made of Gold. Like that was, mm. that was a song that I just, I don't, there was something about that that spoke to me that I just, I listened to that one. Yeah. I played that one on my show this past yeah. week. Like, is there is there a favorite that you have off the album? Is there one that that was like your child going in? For me, uh, this is going to sound cheesy, but like all these songs are kind of my children because I'd spend so much my time mixing children. them and working on them. <laughs> um, no, not at all. I mean, it's 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 what you've been working on yeah. for how long now? I I completely yeah. get that. Um, I'm a big fan of Made of Gold too. I was really happy with the way that one turned out. Um, and it's very different for us too. It's, I know one of the things we said going into this album was we wanted to put an acoustic guitar on a song that's not entirely acoustic. And so we made that work with a kind of different configuration. And to me that had a real big Neil Young vibe. Oh, totally. That's, that's where I was, yeah. I could totally. I, I got that too, more like, more Neil Young, which, which I think is, which is which is pretty good, which I think which, is great. Yeah, which, which I love, and I think that that's not where most music is headed these days. Like, and I I feel, you know, and I I we'll go back to it because <laughs> that I I want to talk about your influences and some of the things that you guys have done in the last last year yeah. since the last podcast. But I I think the music direction on let's say radio mainstay radio is really changing and i don't know that i'm necessarily anyone's desired um demographic (laughs) anymore you know at at least for for popular music so it's it's interesting for your age the direction you're going because i think that's kind of against the mainstream but it really talks to me it really speaks to me yeah what i will say is that you know, Michael and I both grew up on a lot of classic rock, um, much like Anthony. And, yeah. uh, and you know, I think we're just students of music. We've always had open ears and we've always just listened. And, um, you know, if we're listening to like Harvest Moon by Neil Young, you know, clearly that is in our DNA and um, we can go and do that and it wasn't supposed to be like a ballsy thing like oh look what else we can do which is kind of like we're fans of this we know what this is about and 
we don't want Andor to be like one a one trick pony kind of yeah. thing. It's like this is what we also have to offer. So. Well, the songs of that generation, I feel, and and there's always exceptions, but you know, it wasn't done on a laptop. Right. You had to be a, a student of music. You had to know your instrument to to stand out like Neil Young or Bob Dylan. Like you weren't faking it. You weren't <laughs> making it in your bedroom. You actually had to craft it a little right. bit. Not saying that making a song on a computer isn't craft, but it was a little bit different and it's i i kind of get that vibe from your new album cool yeah i retweeted this thing today and it was like uh i don't know who said it but it it was um people who play live music that that will never go out of style like and that's just what we like to do we like to play rock and roll in any shape or form so like you know that will never not be cool so we're going to continue doing (laughs) it until you know whatever it's just and, it's what we do so it's yeah. not like and, we'll stop doing it and i want to talk about more about that later i know you had a few more questions anthony about the new album what was the the song you wanted to ask oh it, um the 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 idaho song isn't that um based off of dante is it is that the one based off of dante absolutely because he was left in what was the name of the town sandpoint, sandpoint idaho, idaho. Sandpoint, <laughs> <laughs> and that's how the joke um where's dante which a lot of us like to yell most not of actually uh it, it's funny that they kind of intersect with each oh. other, but you know, Dante got this really cool job. Um, so Dante and I met at University of the Arts, where okay. we um, studied the, this music industry program, um, and you know, we're both really grateful that we have cool jobs actually working in like the music field. Um, and uh, the job that he has. It started out with him doing merch for Pigeons Playing Ping Pong. He, he sold all the merch. He was, you know, counting money at the end of the night. Um, and then he soon graduated to, like, monitor. So he's the sound, one of the sound okay. there. That's pretty um, cool. But, yeah, essentially one night when he was with the band, uh, he just got wasted. And uh, so there's a <laughs> tour bus involved. And he was so drunk that he actually made it onto the tour bus at one point and then for whatever reason in the middle of the night got off the tour bus and went back into this the venue <laughs> that they just played and like remembered the passcode to the green room for some um, you know i don't know how <laughs> oh my goodness it was just you know uh drunk power i suppose and then um crashed on the couch in the green room and then the tour bus took off without him and he was oh. left in the green room in this of all places like idaho is just there's nothing there that's, right that's like very yeah, far away yeah and and the, i think they even went, thinking about them playing there is yeah i don't know what that market wacky. has to offer <laughs> and for that type of music even it's like i don't picture idaho right. as a big like funk no <laughs> I, I don't know um but yeah they they soon took off uh to um i think seattle washington and uh he was left behind and he was just like you know what the fuck maybe they messed up maybe this isn't all on me but you know he was left behind with no shoes and you know uh, <laughs> poor no, dante no money so it's okay yeah, he's okay he's Don't alive feel bad for him. <laughs> we should still feel bad for him but but meanwhile like you know he was on this on the road away from us and we, i would i was just kind of like missing him and we were missing playing shows because you know andor is not the type of band to like get a sub yeah. we're very much like the four members of this band kind of makes us who we are um so we're just like not playing kind of sitting around getting fat and like you know (laughs) i miss dante so i was just like tweet it and then um we started hashtagging where's dante because 
we you know yeah. he was all over the world but then like it was just funny that that kind of met with like this crazy story of him actually getting behind so it was like where is dante and you know where is he actually the, the where is dante <laughs> hashtags kind of died down a little bit i, know, I think we need to bring it back well we know where he is now <laughs> you know he, he's yeah. safe and sound yeah. <laughs> but it's still fun now i I'm, I'm gonna embarrass my oldest son just a little bit so like it's funny that how often being left behind does so my my son plays lacrosse yeah. in in college and he he really he he wasn't playing the position he really wanted to play and really hadn't had an opportunity and right before their last scrimmage game for fall he had a great practice so they get on the like they take three vans to a game so they they take the vans to the game they're in the huddle before the game the defense's coach goes darren you showed a lot over the last practice you know you're getting your start today darian 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 missed the bus <laughs> darian overslept <laughs> oh, no. Right. no one even knew because they all assumed he was in another there were three vans they're like oh he could have been in another yeah. van like they didn't even know and then the head coach they didn't even tell the head coach and he tried to put him in later and they're running up and down the sideline looking for him you know and they no one knew where he was at and he he woke up and was like oh my god where where no one came and got me like they left without me so it was like sort of it, like home alone yeah it was uh, he was freaking out because he had to wait for everyone to get back to yeah. have the conversation yeah, I, I mean it happens like i guess like there's that always sunny episode um where like the episode's called the gang misses the boat and they literally miss the boat but then yeah. they think about all the things that they could have been and like it's the same you know same thing it, it happens it makes for great stories it makes for great <laughs> stories so one of the questions i had for you now that that you guys are older and because you've been a band for a while and now that you're older and you're done college and your lives have started yeah. and 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 you do somewhat work <laughs> in the industry is it harder to get together as a band and do this is it do you find that being Andorra is a little more difficult now than say it was like three years ago. You've noticed, yeah. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely, yeah. It, it's totally. it's uh, you know Michael's a full time teacher. Um, I have you know four different jobs related to like you know music industry yeah. things. Dante's on the road. Jordan's not. He's he doing doesn't, whatever Jordan yeah, does. He doesn't pursue <laughs> music full time, so he, he's he's an IT guy. Um, but yeah, we're we're a little scattered, but. You know, we make it work, and I think, um, it, it, you know, it, it has limited our gigging, but, yeah. um, you know, it just, it, it helps in the long run because, you know, if we're limited to one show a month, then, you know, we'll bring people, we'll yeah. pack the house yeah. because people tend to miss us when, you know, we're not gigging yeah. as often, so. Um, you make it count when yeah, you have the opportunity. Absolutely. I remember, I think it was my sophomore year of college, we were playing... It was always April. April, we played like four gigs in a month. And I can't imagine doing that now, where we play like um, a show every month and a half or so. But like he's saying, it makes that one show more meaningful and yeah. our opportunity to do it well. And if you do those four shows in that one month, you kind of like oversaturate yourself. Yeah. So people, and Jamie from Jamie and the Guarded Heart says it the best. Like if you give people more than one option, they're not going to go to either of those so like if yeah. you know you have two shows in the same month people will just be like i'm gonna go to neither of them so and there's a lot of options and actually the next podcast our our uh guest is going to be uh bruce mcknight from nightlife and bruce. when when they did the residency 
at the Great Room where it was every Thursday for a month. That had to have been tough. But like yeah. maybe the first show some people miss and it's like I'll catch the next right. one. But like by the end of that <coughs> month, it's got to be difficult to keep drawing that same crowd, I would imagine. Absolutely. And it's uh, – I thought that was interesting. I didn't know – I'm curious if he would do that again if given the I – mean, He would absolutely do it again. They're, <laughs> they they work differently than than we do. Their goal is to just get out and play to literally either nobody or in front of at least one person so they can go home and be like, I'm going to – I know nightlife now. So, But, but I kind of feel too with them it's – you never know who's going to be in the band that night either. It, like – that lineup can change a little bit yeah it could be on vocals who could be you know yeah so for the the past year it's been the the trio of bruce uh rich and anthony okay um and i and you know to kind of cope with um you know not having a band around as often sometimes i join nightlife and yeah. sit in with them and when we do that we call it kev life and uh <laughs> we just kind of you know for me Playing live is a necessity. Um, I need to do it more than once a month. So um, while Andor is certainly its own thing, Michael and I have both started other projects that um, kind of keep us busy so we can keep gigging. And that's one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. I guess I'll, I'll approach that now. So you've done many different kinds of gigs over the last year in between Andor. Do you guys call yourself the Refugees? Is that one of the names? Or is it? It, it was. <laughs> it wasn't there? Okay. Yeah, so, so that started with, like, a we were contracted to do this, like, outdoor, uh, you know, national park kind of thing and play, you know, songs as yeah. Andorra. But Dante was away, and then Jordan was away, uh, but the money was too good to pass up. So we were like, uh, you know, let's throw something else together with some of our friends. And uh, we called it The Refugees because we were um, a all Tom Petty cover band that night. Which so, is awesome. Yeah. So that kind of evolved into just a cover band that we do on the side. Which I, you know, and again, that's the, the choice of, of in, and Tom Petty, the more people I talk to recently, that name comes up more and more as a, yeah. and understandably so, yeah. you know, as a influence. But that speaks to a lot of different generations as well. Yeah. Like you're, like, do you, do you think a lot of the younger generation gets that when you're doing that? you think that's speaking more to someone my age than than someone your age no because i think there's something that can be respected about older music it's older but doesn't mean it has to be listened to or doesn't have to be listened to by older people yeah and everybody loves tom petty so everybody <laughs> does love i tom mean tom petty. petty does have some pretty timeless songs yeah. and i've played his stuff in a bunch of different types of groups and it's still a lot of fun no matter like i've played it with a bluegrass band and it still works really well. It's still just great songwriting. You, you know, and I think with Tom Petty, with over his career, there's a lot of different directions he went to. You got rock, you got singer-songwriter, you yeah. got acoustic, you got folk. Like, you got a little bit of everything. So there's a little something for everyone. And it was all good. That's the yeah. other thing, too. It's not too many people I can think of that had the career like he did where you can take every album and pick one or two standout songs yeah. like even bowie had stages where you're like yeah i can do without that album <laughs> like if i could throw one album out i'd throw that one out right. you know like that late 80s early 90s right. era but tom petty all the way through there was it was pretty strong i think uh tom petty has definitely affected me as you know a songwriter especially for family tree because um, I was obsessed with that documentary and then it just kind of took you album by album in, in, into his career and um, just 
how versatile he was as, as an artist really spoke to me and really kind of made me start to think about what I want to do, you know, the longevity of Andorra. So, um, yeah, I definitely owe it to him for, for thinking like that. And, and the Refugees really was almost like a Philly all-star band because you were pulling people from a lot of the other local bands, which I, I thought was interesting. Um, if you could assemble an all-star Philly band from your favorite Philly bands, who would you put in that band? I mean, just be our friends. <laughs> I mean, it's one thing to be a good musician, but it's also important to like be good people yeah. and have a band that you want to hang out with and enjoy making music with. So you can have the best musicians on stage, but if there's not a vibe between all of you, then it's, very true. It's not yeah. nearly as fun. I mean, you know, so the what the the uh, Refugees kind of evolved into this thing called the booze hounds that I we're was doing. going to ask you about that. And um, it's, it's just, it's not a set lineup. It changes every night. And, you know, we had a gig last night and our buddy Ramon sat in with us. Our buddy Tommy sat in with us. Um, and uh, Dante's older brother, Mark, sat in with us. So, you know, it just, it changes. And like, that's, not really the answer <laughs> to the question you asked, but like yeah. that's the best thing that I can really. Well, you're not limiting say. it. Yeah, you're, you're constantly like adding more people. Yeah, to that and it's just an excuse to play out, an excuse to play with our buddies, and and like if I had to think of an all star lineup, I probably already put it together with the refugees. Yeah. What, what about the? Booth the sounds. What about the? Uh, I guess to make it a little bit easier, hopefully. What about the signed? Philly bands, if you know what I mean, I guess the, between Hooters and the Roots and Cinderella and like all those guys. Mm. Interesting. That's interesting. I don't know if I could do that. I mean, I guess we can count South Jersey and Lansdale too for Wonder Years if you want to do that. I don't know if I could do that. That's that's tough. Cause, yeah. uh, that's tough. You know, because I'm going back years, like you're going all the way back to the <coughs> eight, early 80s with right. the Hooters. I don't know if I could. It'd probably be Boys to Men with the Will Smith feature. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and Kevin Hart's the hype man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, even, you know, but it's funny, like Boys to Men, here you go. They were all University of Arts, were they? I think. Uh, I actually can't. I, 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 don't I think know they sure. were, okay. but they literally just went backstage at a Bill Bibb DeVoe concert and said, hey, check us out. And they believed in them it's like to me that's the ultimate making it story yeah you're just that talented just on your own voice that that you can perform like that impromptu and have them go okay yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll sign you yeah. that's strong <laughs> that's, you know and then they broke elvis's record for top number one billboard song how like i can't remember 17 weeks yeah. straight or something like that that's so. that that's i mean i'm not really familiar with voice now except for the name but that's that's bewildering that you can break Elvis's record. Yeah, and like it's two different styles of music, if if from what I understand, right? Yeah, and and stood for for decades, you know, to go. But that 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 was pretty interesting, and and it was Philly, you know. So, if could you pick a favorite local Philly band, if if you had to, Arch I know Ballantyne. that's tough. Yeah, Arch Ballantine. Man, that's. He's doing something completely different that's than why it's anything so good. else that's why it's I've so seen. I don't even know how to explain it. It's he just he just does his thing. Yeah, and it's great. Yeah, and and I've never seen anyone not love it. 
I know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's nuts. I don't even know yeah. how to explain it. Yeah. And it's, it's a futuristic funk kind of Philly sound, I think. And I, you know, we've tried to put it in words, but it it just speaks for itself. It it it's funky. It's hip hop. It's 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 everything. It's but it's whole, it's avant garde at the same time Absolutely. too. It's it's yeah. very out there. Absolutely. Um, you know, you could easily the first time you hear it or or see it go what. And then, but as you experience it, it wins you up. Like it only takes like two or three songs, and you're like, "All right, yeah, I yeah, get it. Yep. I'm in. I'm in." <laughs> have do you a, do have, a little dance, right? Have you seen him? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. he's been with you guys a few times yeah. at your gigs, and he's very entertaining. Very entertaining. Absolutely. Yeah, I think was he at the Nightlife album premiere? Yes, he, he was. played that show. Yes. Okay. Um, he also sometimes sits in with us, and for our album release, we, you know, we invited a bunch of guests up on stage and kind of tried to have a big blowout and portion of our set and he he uh he sang um under pressure with with us oh so, that's awesome you know, it, i wish it, i would have saw that yeah. that was that's, fun it was fun that was yeah. a lot of fun that that i wish i would have saw so kevin this is geared specifically towards you because oh. no because you're <laughs> outside of andorra you're really active in the philly music scene so can you tell us a little bit about what you do behind the scenes other than andorra yeah uh so i i kind of talk about it like this because i mean it it starts out with like some of the work that i do um you know when i was fresh out of university of the arts um i was just kind of looking for a job and i was going to uh the grape room a lot because i was just kind of throwing shows together that andorra wasn't even playing and uh uh, they're the owner there, Scooter. Uh, you know, he's a great guy. He's awesome. He asked me to kind of do that full time. Uh, so that's how I met Jamie. That's how I okay. met Bruce. That's how I met uh, Palantine. That's, you know, a, a lot of yeah. the friends that I've met in the past year, I kind of chalk it up to the great room yeah. because I met all of those people there. Um, and I think it's interesting, like, if you are going through local bands, Instagram accounts, you're in a lot of those pictures, <laughs> which I find interesting. It's, you know, they can be in the studio and there you are in the background. Like here's a, here's right. a daddy lap, here's a daddy lap in Instagram story. Right. And there's Kevin sitting in the back. So Kevin gets around. Yeah. Yeah. You I do just, get around. But to me, that speaks volumes about who you are and what the people at, in this scene think of you and, and what you do. That's why I was, Curious if you could just you know you've met these people through these things. Are you are you booking? Are you helping produce? Are you yes managing? So, yeah, exactly. One of the things that um, I also did as an internship uh, while in college and then you know out of college was a lot of management type roles. Um, so I, there's a few bands that I manage. Um, uh, Arch Palantine okay. was one of them. Awesome. Um, I do some booking work for Jamie and the Guarded Heart. Uh, I work with the band Primitives. Oh, awesome, man. Uh, a couple different bands here and there. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it, you know, you, you kind of call it a scene, and then yeah. I call it my friends. So, like, it, it's sort of, you know, I don't think I'm building anything, and maybe it's different from your perspective, but, like, for me, it's just me hanging out with my friends that, that you know, play in Maniac, that play in Center City. So, um Anthony, correct me if I'm wrong. It 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 definitely seems like a scene. Oh, absolutely. As I, I notice, there's a huge. Com- I always get stumbled on the camaraderie between all of you guys, yeah. whether it's 
like maybe the same the same lineup every every month or you guys do your cover gigs with each other or or, or whatever it's even even going to see you guys a lot and seeing the other the other guys, the other bands a lot it's like i discover all these new bands and these new people yeah. and like and if i am ever building a show yeah. i'm usually thinking of like you guys as, as like yeah. i don't think they've been exposed to this band so like let's let's right. do it bill with them and maybe you know they'll they'll be on the f money show next yeah, month and so. i was gonna say i think you've kind of picked up on that because a lot of the bands i do new artist spotlight with are bands that i've seen because of one of your shows yeah whether and or played or, or you were involved in it yeah. so you're definitely like steering like it's I'm steering your show yeah <laughs> yeah yeah basically it's 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 to my taste that right. the bands that you like and you promote Tend to be the same type of band that I like, right? Well, and I appreciate that. That's, but you know, it, it, if you if you hooked up with like some of the Fishtown guys, yeah, they would they would say the same thing. You know, like uh, my buddy uh, Jimmy Scantron, who mm-hmm. did the album artwork for us. You know, he sits in with the Ali Awan guys and and that okay. band, and then you know they play with the Dawn Drapes and they play with Dead Fellow. So like, it's the same thing, just like the next town over. You know, yeah. and for us. It's like a little bit of Manionk, it's a little bit of Center City, it's a little bit of Fishtown. And we, we get in the cusp of that too. But. but but it's definitely, like I look at it this way, and this is on a much different scale, but you look at, say, early Saturday Night Live. Like those guys may have been on that show together and broke it together, but they had all been hanging around together for probably 10 years doing yeah. Godspell up in Canada right. or national lampoon radio show all these things that were just kind of those scenes of them having fun and hanging out that eventually they all kind of made it together yeah you know at different times too you know christopher guest maybe didn't make it when belushi made it but eventually he made it you know so it's and that's the way i kind of see it like eventually someone's gonna break or you're all going to break you know and it's yeah it's definitely a town but it it meshes like and it's all connected yeah somehow like Fishtown may be a different scene but there's still crossover oh totally you know and philly's just a small town you know it's like one degree of separation from you know one another so you know one of the things that that gets me too is when you see a philly band that there was there was a paste magazine article it was 10 philly bands that are on the rise local bands that you need to know i didn't know any of them yeah you i know? wasn't on it <laughs> <laughs> but it was like kississippi and palms you know and then palms opens for the pixies and i'm like well how does that happen like i've never heard yeah. of them before you know so there's and i mentioned to jamie you go into the the grape room the the restroom and there's a million band stickers and i i don't know any of the bands yeah i know, know. all those bands. <laughs> <laughs> you put them there right uh, i, I might have booked most of them <laughs> You were going to say something. Yeah, I was going to say something about the whole camaraderie thing. Um, I guess while we're still on that topic is that, and you you were saying how you book bands that keep a lot of us in mind. I know it's too. It's like sometimes you have us going out somewhere, God knows where, like this new venue that I'm not, this new, I'll use air quotes, venue that I'm not aware of. Like, it's just amazing that we're like, you just discover new places to go to drink and new places to go see a show. Meet new people, meet new friends. And it's, you know what it's all about and like, i think that's a necessity though of it sometimes too i mean you can't if you only ever play one place you're assuming that everyone's going to come see you but sometimes right. you have to go to them yeah absolutely 
you know. And it's, it's like sometimes I'll look on the map, I'll go, where the hell is this place? I'm looking at Google Maps, I'm like, oh, this is right down the street from this place. Or, it's, oh, this is like around the corner well, from this I, place. That's when I Google Map Fran's house. I was like, where the fuck is this place? Well, that's <laughs> that's right. Right. He said the same thing. He goes, dude, because you're like out in farm country. I'm like, yeah, I know. Behind the turnpike. <laughs> yeah, I know. Nestled, nestled behind the New Jersey turnpike. So you had a, a question, Anthony, about the album artwork. I think, yeah. You mentioned um, it. So, yeah, you mentioned one of your good buddies just did it. Like, was there, do you guys ever, what's the ar- album artwork process from, like, from you did, like, the Four Corners EP to, to et cetera, et cetera, to, like, now? Like, how does, where does that influence come from? Because it looks all hand-drawn, pretty much. So it depends on the project. Sometimes it comes out of necessity. Like the Four Corners one, I think we threw together last minute because we needed to that have some like sort shit. of artwork. Right. For it. <laughs> I, I, that, that I had to start the, somewhere. In between the lines part of that. Um, Jimmy Scantron is a friend of Kevin's that he showed us, and we just really liked his art style, and it's something very different for us. Um, and so we liked a couple of different examples of his art, and then we had a couple of different concepts we sent to him and said, thinking about something related to the title family tree right got some drafts back and we were really happy with what we got back now is this someone that's an artist by trade or just someone that's an artist uh so uh, i work with james at mole street um and like i volunteered they have a festival every year so it's it's a super cool thing um where i met a couple of these artists that i talked about but uh he used to play guitar in Loka Kani and okay. he's since yeah. kind of retired from the band and locally plays in this band called Scantron. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. He's a you know great great so musician all around. Yeah, all around. And, and so on the side he, he does like uh, just graphic design yeah. stuff. So has the since since we did the last podcast has the Philly scene changed to you? Does it still feel the same? Or because obviously bands leave, bands come in. Um, and I'm sure it's ever changing, but is it a noticeable change to you, or do you think it's more an evolution? I mean, I think for me, I met more people. I've met more people from like that time gap. So, okay. um, like you know, Tyler and the Tisbury guys. Like I've met them in that gap, and like we're all buddies. And you know, I think it's constantly growing. And you know, the more you gig, the more you go out, the more of a chance there is to meet people, and the more you become friends and there's that camaraderie again so awesome awesome how has because you guys have been a band since you were very young how has andorra changed like does andorra mean something different to you now than it did say when you were playing like the birthday bash um sam was in the band then (laughs) yeah oh man (laughs) I think it was around that time when Dante joined that Andorra kind of became what it is now. Okay. Where it's this tight new, tight-knit group of the four of us. Um, before then, I don't really... I don't know how I could describe Andorra before, but I don't know. I, I see Andorra as... It's Kevin, Jordan, Michael, and Dante. It's, it's our thing together. And what was really fun about making this new album is I feel like it was an album that highlights all four of us, and it's very much an album by us which is a really I, good feeling to look back on i agree i think it highlights all your talents and it it you can see where each of you brought something to the table and definitely. i like i like that diversity of it i, I definitely do have you started to write new music since then already uh kind of laying the groundwork right. for it yeah all right all right so is it continuing in that 
fashion like to me like i was saying you can definitely see a difference between what you wanted what you got and family tree do you think the songwriting is continuing in that same direction yeah so like you know one thing i did want to bring up is like you know lyrics i feel like you know despite us being like a hard rock band we are lyrical driven and um you know for me there was more songs on this record that were like less self-reflective than um you know i'm writing about like roy holiday that's kind of what yeah. made of gold is about so um i you know this time in my life i'm like really happy with what i'm doing and you know i'm living with my girlfriend and like all of these things just you know i'm, I'm there's no issues right now yeah. really so like <laughs> Um, Life does that. It makes it. Yeah. I mean, and then the next record, you know, I might be pissed off, you know, like it's kind (laughs) of like. like, Write an Alanis Morissette record. You know, know, I don't think I'm writing a breakup album anytime soon, but like I think compared to the angstier stuff that we've released prior to this, you know, we were obviously younger and angstier. So like we kind of mellowed out a little bit. No, I'm still pretty angsty. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, like for me. Get off my lawn. That's that's where we're at. You know, like this is the happy Kanye album, and then the next will be like angry Kanye. But so it's and a lot of artists have said that. Like I think even Eminem has said, you know, when your first album's on is based on being poor and beat up, and then you're rich and respect it. Oh, well, not, it's kind of we're hard not to, one of those things. But. <laughs> no, but he's like it's, it's kind of hard to put out that same. <laughs> kind of hard to put out that same album. Right. You know, if that's what your success is built on. So I like the fact that... Yeah, it just, you know, and, and like, if I think of the, the song Teeth lyrically, that's that song's one of the few reflective songs that I have about myself personally. And, and that song, it's just kind of about a place and time. And that was very much like, like, if I think of what you wanted, what you got, it was this, like, coming-of-age theme that, you know, we were living independently from our parents for the first time and we were kind of figuring our way out and now this is like not the sequel per se but like now this is like the content that we're dealing yeah. with all of that that happened in that that gap so um you know yeah we're yeah. grown-ass men now <laughs> and i think stylistically there's a lot that went into family tree that was kind of counter to what we did with what you wanted what you got where okay when it came to the process of making this album we looked at things we did with the last album and thought okay what didn't we like what could we do better what can we grow from and so i think with each project we're just learning new things trying to uh change something grow and kind of keep evolving what have what have we not done yet was kind of like my thought process to everything that we did with family tree like even if it was uh, the smallest thing of like like I fell into the habit of repeating lyrics, I guess for emphasis, but for this record, I was totally against that. I wanted to do, you know, I wanted every line to be fresh. I wanted everything to be like something that I haven't done before. So like those little things- Those challenges to keep- Help challenge me and and to, you know, write um, a better line or a better version of what I'm trying to get across. Had you had a chance to play the whole album live? have you played everything? Almost all of it. We didn't play Little Hands live, but we played everything else live. All right. Is and it taken on a different element live? Like if these were written more and then produced first. Like did did you play them live before you went to the studio? Most of them, yeah. Okay. All right. So they had already taken on that that life. Yeah. We didn't yeah. get to sit on them for as long as like 
what you wanted, what you got. But there's definitely like Sandpoint and Passenger. We've been playing for you know that that time frame. Is there a reason you only wanted to do eight songs? Because it is a short. The, what's the album? Twenty eight minutes. It's, I think 20, it's just over thirty minutes. Thirty so. minutes. Okay. Um, people's attention spans. Okay. I mean, we're living in a streaming age where it's really easy to listen to one song on a playlist and then move on. Yeah. So, and we also wanted to avoid filler songs because there are some songs with what you wanted that we like more than others, to put it nicely. Um, <laughs> and so we wanted to just have eight or nine songs that we were really proud of and really happy yeah. with, which is also part of that whole diversity thing where yeah. it's, every song is different because we didn't want to do the same thing twice on the record. Which is, yeah, that that stood out to me. It, I love the diversity of this album. I can't, I've, I've listened to it a lot, actually, so. It's great, right, thank you. keep saying nice things about us, we're just gonna have to beat you up. <laughs> <laughs> he has to. I don't have to, that's, that's the beautiful thing. He <laughs> has to, you're in his house. <laughs> Doesn't Ryan have the button, yeah, though? The, Ryan? It, it would be different if I were in your house, I would have to say nice right. things. You're in my house, I could say whatever right. I want. Doesn't Ryan have the control switch on you? Not the podcast. No, oh. no. But Fired the again. Podcast, the podcast is produced independently. It's <laughs> it's part of the I ninety nine podcast network. Mm. Ah, yeah. So that's so. What's next for Andorra? Not doing a full length album. I think okay. we've kind of jokingly mentioned doing an EP next. Okay. Because it's funny, we made the point after we finished the album. I remember we released the album and then had a rehearsal for the uh, release show the next day. We're like, well, guys, this is our third album. Who, who makes three full-length albums? <laughs> it's, I mean, at, locally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> at Any major age too. Time, at your age too. Yeah. So, something maybe a bit smaller would be fun, or maybe something that's maybe a bit more specific to a certain idea or concept would be interesting. I've I've always had this thought. I've tweeted it about to you guys before and a bunch of other bands as well. Maybe do a big compilation CD or record of um just classic rock cover songs since a, lo- a lot of you have mm. derived from that classic rock era and i, I see it with jamie the guard at heart and everyone's like their love for the cars and petty and the beatles and chris cornell in general sure i mean going outside of classic rock but have you ever thought about i guess something like that maybe just a project with almost all your friends just put it on one thing. I guess that's what the cover band kind of is, is our opportunity to play that stuff. Right. Um, I thought about doing a, um, you know, just an interesting project to maybe throw in the hat, is is uh, doing cover song, like Philly covers Philly on right. a local level. So like, we would cover our friends' songs and you know pick a few very mm. obscure songs. Uh, something new by the Vitals was something that I was thinking about. Oh, like, man. That's a great song. I would love you that. Like put your own twist to it instead of yeah, yeah. Instead of a driving instead of driving heavy guitar, maybe a driving heavy acoustic guitar. Sure. Yeah. yeah. All right. Can we make that happen? Because I'd yeah. I'd love that. Well, you know, the really cool thing about doing the self-produced thing mm-hmm. is that we have the budget for recording an album, which is free. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we can make another one sooner rather than later. <laughs> and I mean, we started recording this album this year really we started wow. it in january and it's out so that's, that's amazing something else that i think we're really proud of too is that we like created a time frame and we did it and it's very nicely produced thank you it's very nicely produced well, good job <laughs> <laughs> what what do you what is your feeling on current we we've been talking about influences which which none of them are really current what's your feeling on current like radio music right now does it speak to you at all uh, it depends on what you're listening to. I think we're both 
fans of like non-commercial AAA, like um, XPN is probably our yeah. favorite radio station. Yeah. Mine um, as well. I love yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it's 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 hard for me to find like modern rock music that I dig. Um, it's it's a lot of indie rock, and to me, it just like it doesn't have like the the balls of like David Bowie or like yeah. you know. Um, I don't know. It, it, there's something lacking in that for me, and like it's it's like I don't know. It's a little crybaby for me. So like you know, I I just need something that might push push it a little bit more. And uh, you know, like bands like Deep Mob Happy, um, you know, anything Queens of Stone Age based. Uh, I can go. I, on, I feel but, you really you know, have to. <laughs> I don't I, know. It's I, hard to find those bands. I, I was gonna say, in order to find what I'd like to hear, I have to do a lot of searching. You know. When I was younger, you, maybe you're going to record stores and searching through crates, but like I probably spend three to four hours a week going through new music playlists, um, just trying to find new music yeah. that I like because it's and the stuff I choose to play on the radio show, you're not really hearing anywhere else. And I'm happy that I can find some of this stuff and introduce people to it, yeah, because uh, it's out there and it exists and it's good. And what drives me crazy is that it's good and no one hears it. Yeah, that's. I do like how you do completely left turns. Like I, I caught the tail end of the show this week, wherever you're doing like sp- like spotlighting Judah and the Lion. Well, not no, you were doing Judah and the Lion with all two hundred groups and going fifty cent. Like just well, this, yeah, which I think is pretty cool. It's different. Behind it's, every band you love, there's at least five influences that you should know. You know that that got them to who they are today. So fifty cent influence Judah. Yeah, Lion. Judah Akers used to listen to uh, Get Richard Die, Tr- nice. Die Trying nice. in the uh, cool. tour van and rap along to it. Nice. You know, and I, well, they I have a hip hop thing going. They on do too. have a little bit of a hip hop thing, and the um, you know one of them was listening to Ben Folds, <laughs> and the other one was listening to to Fifty Cent. So it was, nice. you know, and you you're get Ben the- Folds. I'm Fifty Cent. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, as far as like current influences go, whenever I sh- whenever someone asks the band what kind of music we're into. Like Dante will say his favorite bands. Kevin says his favorite bands. I say mine, and people kind of give me weird faces because I have the, the you have like the indie most kind uh, of stuff. Yeah, the weirder side of things, or right. the hey, less. Uh, come on, hit us with heavy. a couple. So I'm really into the new JSOM album. That's uh, I, I think it's called Anako. Okay, playing a lot on XPN that I've been liking. Um, the new Alex G album okay. I've been really into too. And last night I was at a acapella vocal sex tech concert with a percussion ensemble so like nice. i'm into a lot of different types of things outside of just rock music and i appreciate that actually uh, the last couple concerts i was at pink martini which i don't know if you know them but yeah. it's like a like an 11 piece band out of seattle that does big band standards that's awesome <laughs> i saw santana and doobie brothers that was an, yeah. i was there and that yeah, that was a, just doobie brothers alone that show was great and like doobie brothers stole the show they really no, did. Absolutely. Santana headlined. Santana headlined. You know, and, and he's always Santana on guitar. You know, he has a son and his wife his on son? drums. Nice. You know, he has a great ensemble cast. But the Doobie Brothers still, for the core of the band to be together and playing that well, it was, I think they kind of blew everyone away. Yeah. Like it was, I think it was kind of tough for Santana to come out after nice. that. <laughs> you, you know, though, like, I just feel like, we're always circling back to classic rock. I mean, we have a few times in this conversation, but there's so much great classic rock music out there that you kind of have to like trace the roots back to first before right. you really get modern. Yeah. So like, I'm trying to just educate myself as much as possible on anything, you know, uh, like, I don't know. Uh, so while everybody's sort of talking about modern music, 
I feel like I'm I'm going backwards and I'm, you know I'm, I'm listening to you know uh, fog hat and like you know all this <laughs> no, crazy it, stuff but you know it's it's what I'm into and and it but it helps an ed- educate me it's an education yeah. it, it really is an education and then you take it one step further what influenced them then you're listening to blues like right. you can trace it back to the Rolling Stones and oh, you're like yeah. alright so what were they I've listening to I've been to Memphis twice in the past two years so like awesome um, blues is like I'm totally hip to blues, so. And uh, I've always wondered too. It's like once if you, I mean, granted, I, the movie I've been seen the movie yesterday, but they I guess tackle that subject. It's like, what happens if you take out this certain band from history? It's like, would we have Green Day? Would we have the Dead Kennedys? Or would we have Matt and Kim even if it wasn't for this band? I mean, I don't know that you would. Everything that's out there has been done before, just in a different way, and it influences you to look at it maybe a little different way and to try it. Right. It's. I think you take some of these big bands away. Like, uh, to be honest, I was never really a huge Rolling Stone fan. Like, I never never really got it. And someone pulled me aside one day and went, listen. Shut the take, fuck up uh, about not yeah, liking the Rolling Stones. Yeah, basically, he was like, shut the fuck up. And he goes, listen, he goes, t- go, go pick up Exile on Main Street. And before you listen to it, just think without this album, your precious Ryan Adams – Elliot Smith, none of these guys exist without this album. Yeah. So stop really, you know, think about it. Yeah. Think about all these bands that you love and now listen to this album. And I, you know, you you take that perspective into it and you're like, holy shit, I get it now. Yeah. Like I, and then, then I delved into it and I, you get it and then you keep going. Right. You know, and yeah. that's, I love that part of the music discovery. Yeah. That's, but it's like craft beer for me. Like, when you like a craft beer, do you go back and keep drinking the same beer and over over and over? You may buy it occasionally, but you keep seeing what else you can. Yeah. What else? There's so many out yeah. there. I want to try them all. What else? Yeah. There's it's a big world out there. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we're we're getting close to the end. Promote yourself. What do you got coming up? Uh, we are playing Milk Boy November 30th with our pals Jamie and the Guarded Heart and uh, Vital Stats. That's going to be an awesome show. That's that's and Milk Boy is a great venue too. Have yeah. you played Milk Boy before? Yes, yeah, plenty of times. Okay, that's a that's a great great lineup, great venue. Yeah, Anthony, you going? Um, I might as well. Might as well. <laughs> might as well. I don't think I mean, that I, was I do the... like, I do I do I do like Milk Boy a lot. Um, it's a it's a different type of venue. It's fun. I like how like the small aspect of it. I mean, I think my first time really upstairs at Milk Boy was that was live at the dive thing. Oh, okay. But I just, just want to put that out there. Um, I, actually, my first time there, I saw Cheerleader. That's nice. another another Philly band. Yes. So I didn't realize how small the room really was. It's just not much bigger than, I guess, Barbary or... It's an intimate... It's long. It's definitely yes. nicer than the Barbary. It's yeah, nice. the Barbary, but... Yeah, it's you know, longer. It's, it's a little smaller than... Found. We can get in... That's another conversation for another day. <laughs> yeah. It probably looks small because you were, you saw them when the Struts played, but... Yes. You know, when Andorra plays, it might... It might be even smaller. I, 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 can have moved, I, I, can I mean, move. I like that it's a long room and and there's a bar in the back and yeah. and there's definitely some room to to you know if you want to be right in front of the stage, you get an intimate show. If you want to hang back a little bit, and there's yeah. food too. So yeah, you could definitely do that. It's so. food. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that wraps it up. We're trying to keep it at a listenable, okay. trying not to ramble on Goodbye, for, for too long. So. Thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Uh, Thank you. Please pick up new music by Andorra anywhere you buy music. You can also stream them on Apple Music or Spotify. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening to the F Money Show. You can follow us on Twitter at Fran underscore Chismar and on Facebook at the F Money Show. 
uh, our hiatus is over and the show is back on. So it's a new uh, day and time. We're on Wednesdays from 6 to 8 uh, p.m. Eastern Standard Time on i99radio.com. You can also listen to or follow the podcast on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can even just ask Alexa to play the F Money Show with Fran Chismar. Anywhere that you listen to podcasts, you can listen to us. Um, there's even an Alexa skill to add us to your daily briefing, so you can listen to it every day. Uh, coming up next ac- episode, we have Bruce McKnight from the band Nightlife, and uh, the guest co-host will be... I'll probably join you on that Ke- one. Kevin McCall from <laughs> Andorra. Uh, so before we end this, how about listening to something new from the new album? You, you like that? You want to do yeah. that? Okay, let's do that. Let's play something new from the album. Thanks for tuning in. I am Fran Chismar, and we will see you when the needle drops. Mm-hmm.